Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Civic Action Podcast, the voice of the next generation. My name is Mauritz and I'm the founder and executive director of Virtues and Populo. Virtues and Populo is a student-led 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to promoting civic engagement and community involvement among youth in Miami-Dade County. We do this through programming, advocacy, and education. The Civic Action Podcast is one of the ways in which we carry out our mission. Today, we are here in the 305 Vox Populi Studio, thanks to the generosity of Miami Lakes Mayor Manny Sid. We have a very special guest today, and that's board member Luisa Santos, representing District 9 on the school board of Miami-Dade County. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm so happy to be here. This is great. Thank you. We're so excited to have you. And, you know, one of the reasons I was most excited to bring you on was because I've noticed that, you know, you particularly on the school board have made it, you know, part of your um, of your mission and, and of getting students involved with your work. We know you have the student fellowship, which has dozens of students all across the county. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. And, and why is it important to you to, to make students, you know, part of your decision making? Yeah, so uh, it's an honor to be here and very excited to be talking to one of our students. Uh, I think that you exemplify uh, with your leadership as a student what every student is capable of, right? And it is our job as adults to empower and support and train the next generation uh, because hopefully you all will be fantastic leaders, some of you already today and many of you very soon. Uh, leading our community. So why student? Why is that such a focus in my office? Well, not too long ago. I know some (laughs) people will debate how long ago, but not too long ago, I was a student in our public schools and I was involved with student government. And I had plenty of ideas of things that would make my school, my community, my district better um, and was able to find supportive adults who helped me with many of them. uh, And yet there was more to do. And so I knew that one, as a policymaker, it would make me stronger if I have the voices most affected by what I make decisions on at the table with me, giving me input consistently, systematically, in an ongoing basis. And I knew that it could be a two-way street because students could also have a front row seat to how local policymaking for their school board happens uh, and be really well-prepared and informed citizens to engage in the process and be more effective at bringing the change they want to see. 100%. And I think that's so important. And advertising popular, we try to do that all the time, is how do we get students you know, closer to government, specifically at the local level? Um, I always like to say that that's where really the magic happens because all of these policies at the national level um, that you know, President Biden, President Trump, President Obama, we may not even feel the impact of them for months, sometimes years, years yeah. while, you know, something your local mayor does, something your school board does, it's like an immediate thing, whether, you know, a park stays open or what textbooks you use in your classroom. Is your trash picked up, right? right? Exactly. Like what, what classes are available exactly. to you, you know, your schedule. I mean, it, uh, it really affects students' lives every day. And that's, you know, civics classes and government classes, it's such a focus on the national level. So I think there's a lack of focus on, you know, reminding students the importance of being part of your, you know, local community. And and that's why I love your program. And I think it's, it's such a great way of, of engaging students. But talk to me a little bit about your campaigning process, maybe some of our students who 
who maybe are listening, maybe one day they want to yeah. go into politics. I mean, you were pretty young when you first ran. Oh, yes. Probably. I'm still kind of young. <laughs> yes, no, you still are. No, you still are. And you know, but, but you opened, right? And I think it's part of your mission, the next generation. Right. That was literally my campaign slogan in saying, you know what? We have a variety of viewpoints and voices that need to be heard, right? It shouldn't just be all one way of thinking. And for me, like I literally ran on one being a next generation candidate, right? right. Thinking a little bit differently uh, as a, a not so far removed from our student uh, experience, um, but also to empower the next generation. And I mean, what you all are doing is amazing because you are finding more and more what we call, let's say, on ramps for students to find the thing that calls out to them that they say, oh, this is interesting to me. This is my way into getting involved. For me, one of the ways that I became involved in the policy process was I found out I was an undocumented student my junior year, right? We start to think about college applications. Right. Um, and back then in 2008, it was a little bit different. There's more opportunity now. We still have a long way to go. But I was forced into this realization of, oh, my goodness, I can't get the jobs I'm being offered. Uh, I can't take them on, right? right. I can't uh, volunteer officially with the school district. Um, I can't even take some scholarships that I was, you know, uh, a great candidate for. Um, and... I learned that there was a policy introduced at the national level, the DREAM Act, that would help students like me, dreamers, uh, be able to continue our education uh, and then give back to the country we know and love, right? And so that was my first moment where I was like, oh, there's a solution to this very real pain and problem that I have in front of me. That happened to be federal, right? But there are a plethora of local, state, and then federal um, policies that affect us every day. Um, and so, you know, being that next generation candidate meant involving students every step of the way. I think that's such an inspiring story. And I mean, campaigning was probably a little difficult. How did that play into like adults? Yeah. I mean, you were probably <laughs> knocking on doors of, you know. Some people said, um, are you a student yourself? <laughs> I, I can't pull that off anymore. That was three years ago. But um, campaigning, you know, is such an interesting exercise because it is a matter of communicating with thousands of people letting them know what what you're what promising your is, right. convincing them that you're capable of actually delivering those promises right um and it's hard so yes we knocked thousands of doors called dozens of thousands of voters uh phone banking and um and really i was just out in the community listening relentlessly everywhere i could for about a year um and i really believe that any candidate of any age who chooses to take that approach of i'm going to listen and then i'm going to get really strategic and effective about how i bring about the change that i promise will gain the support of voters because beyond a specific issue voters want someone who is going to listen to them who is there working to solve their problems um and i feel like a lot of our campaign uh, we were able to do that and how were we able to do it well over a hundred students got involved in our campaign um and they're the reason i'm here they really are uh, a lot of teachers as well who became very involved in the campaign and said, you know, we believe in your message and we want to get behind you and we want to support you in delivering uh, for us. And uh, we feel like you'll listen to us, right? Uh, but it took a lot of work. So campaigning is hard, but it's doable. And I want to encourage every person, no matter your age, uh, if you're willing to do that work, 
you have a great chance. Don't let anyone tell you that you're too young, that you don't have enough experience, uh, that you're not what that candidate should look like, because I heard a whole lot of that. And I'm very proud to be the youngest ever elected school board member for Miami-Dade County. Awesome, yeah. uh, Because I pushed past that and stayed focused and did it with a community, a movement of people, students, teachers, parents, community, and and we were successful. (laughs) We sure are glad that that you were successful and... And we're happy to have you represent all, all of us. I mean, even though, you know, you, you do represent your district, I, I feel like many students also outside of your district feel represented by the work you do. So thank you. Thank you yeah, for that. Of course. Every school board member's vote and decision affects every student. So I don't take it lightly that I my decisions affect all of Miami-Dade County, although, of course, with a focus on district. Right. <laughs> right. Of course. Now, speaking of, you know, making decisions on school boards, and this is something... Um, that Virtuton Populo is working very hard on, and we mentioned it to Superintendent Dolchers, who was here a couple episodes ago. It's the student advisor position on the Miami-Dade County Public School Board. Um, I think Miami-Dade has had it for decades, but many counties in the state do not. And that's something that we want to change, but I just want to hear your input on that. Um, I, I feel, yeah, you sit right next to the student advisor, right? I do. So it's ha- a great seat. It's a great, right? <laughs> I always have the best neighbor, the student. And I get to, you know, he, you know hear their reactions, their perspectives. Um, it's, it's an honor to sit next to the student advisor. I was shocked when I started attending some school board member conferences and learned that other school boards don't have a student right. advisor position. Uh, you know, we are here to serve students, right? And so um, I, I have... Uh, made sure to share with other school board members who say like, hey, we don't have that. We'd like to figure out how to do it. I share, you know, our policy on it. Um, I think it's vital. It is, you know, it's not a voting member, right? right. So uh, there's, you know, in some places, I think they've even gone as far as, yeah, I you think know, in San Diego, they're a full member. voting member or right. in like Chicago as well. It's, yeah. yeah, it's and that's something to consider. Right. But at a minimum, we already have someone on the dais who represents. And I think our student advisors historically have done a great job yeah. of going out and polling the community. Right. Because they might feel a certain way, but just like any other elected official, any representative, you listen to all of your community, right? right? And and it's a fine balance of representing your community and what they feel and then also bringing your perspective and, and what you feel on an issue and then making a decision uh, on it, right? That's how we come up with how we're going to vote on things. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, but I think it's an important thing for every school board to have. Um, I think it's not the only thing that school boards and school districts should do to have uh, student input. Agreed. I think for a district, the third largest in the nation, it can be a lot more robust, the, yeah. the student involvement, because there's so many aspects of the district. Um, and, you know, I'm happy to help anyone who wants to expand that into other counties. And I'm grateful that you're leading some advocacy on that. Well, thank you. And, and I think it, it's it's so such an important voice to have. And we've seen our school board members Andrea, our, our just immediate past school board member, she was a student advisor. She was very, you know, vocal before that Coriana. So there's many different, and I feel like you guys listen. And I, and the community for sure, you can tell that there's something very powerful, I always say, when it's coming directly from a student. Um, and sometimes parents and adults can can raise the same concerns. But when a student says it, everybody's like, 
Wow. That's so the person, there's, yeah. yeah, there's always something special there. I'll share a quick there. story with you. The student advisor that must have been in like 2018 was uh, Chris, Chris Badillo. And um, he ended up, you know, graduating. COVID came, so he took a gap year. Um, and he uh, led a lot of my uh, student, uh, the campaign campaign. Uh, structure of volunteers he led that and then before he went off to stanford to start oh, wow, after yeah. his gap year uh, he worked in my office he led my you know office basically transition um so student advisors are ready to lead today <laughs> i really i hired him on this spot because i was like you know like you right. you're already leading um and we've had plenty of great um student advisors that that represent their community well and speaking of having young people on your staff your staff is pretty young compared to the staff of other school members why do yeah, you think I'm that's important sure. i mean it's pretty refreshing um i see i think most of your staff is like yeah i value uh, i really make sure to emphasize i value the wide range of experiences uh and and opinions right including my own staff um and so it does happen to be that my staff probably is a little bit younger um but they are more than capable, 100%, right? Yeah. And um, I also have very veteran advisors and mentors uh, that have been around because, you know, I also need that perspective of people who have seen maybe three decades ago, five decades ago, what happened with a certain issue. Um, and that's equally as valuable um, and it helps me however of course like my staff you know is all digitally native and so we have a very tech forward office we use a lot of uh you know tech platforms that help us run a very uh, efficient right. office and it's certainly been helpful that the staff sort of has uh, a lot of comfort with those platforms already yeah i mean a lot of your your digital presence is definitely there i think a lot of students even today we were having a, a team meeting and I, I said oh today you know we're interviewing board member uh, Luisa Santos on a podcast and half of the people in the room, they were like, oh my God, I follow her on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, I love Instagram. the updates. <laughs> so I think it's definitely good in, in connecting with with the students of what's going on in the school board of having, because that's, that's what today's age is, a lot of online, you know, social media platforms. So I, I think yeah. it's it's good that you that you're moving. In it's that definitely direction. a goal of us to reach people how they want to be reached out to, right. right? And for some people that's emails, for some people that's phone calls, for some people that's, you know, Instagram. So we try to really, um, you know, communicate, and we do want to reach young people. We want you all to know what's going on because we want you to know you're an active participant in the process, uh, and we want to empower you and give you the tools to be a part of it. Right. It's not just a student advisor, although that's a representative. Every student, and I hope students take us up on this, can come speak at the school board meeting. Happens one Wednesday a month. You know, public comment usually starts between 4.30 and 6.30. Um, and you can come make your voice heard. You can email your school board member or all school board members anytime you want to say something about an issue. Um, so, so don't be a passive participant. Be an active participant um, in the policy that affects your schools. And, you know, speaking of giving public comments on school board meetings, I'm not sure which board member it is, but I looked over the agenda. I think there's an item up for discussion tomorrow of maybe allowing even like remote public comments or yeah. like digital. I'm, I'm not sure how you feel about that. I think it's a great idea, especially for students. A lot of the students maybe do want to participate, but our county is so large that maybe, you know, students in your district, all the way in Homestead or in Aventura, it can be quite a drive. I mean, even from here, from the Hialeah, Miami Lakes area, 
Absolutely. It could be like an hour a day. So yeah. maybe those were the way. comments I made. Uh, it's board member Lucia Baez Geller's item, and I'm in full support of it. I introduced an item to live stream our school board meetings on social media. So you you have no excuse. You can go on Twitter or X, excuse me. You can go on X uh, and find the live stream, um, and you can also go on Facebook and find the live stream. Um, yeah. And you can sign up for notifications so you're notified when that happens. Anyway, this item is about public comment and exploring the feasibility, right? Saying, let's go do some research. Let's figure out if there's a way to do this. We're in the town of Miami Lakes. I'm pretty sure the town of Miami Lakes was the first to experiment yes. with public comment. And they do. They have fully remote public through. comments. People can join on Zoom and, and give public comments remotely from their home. So I'm interested in exploring those options. I, you know, of course, there's certain guardrails. We don't want just like, I, one thing I don't want is like the voicemails that people just leave right. a voicemail and then we listen for hours to voicemails, you know? Um, it should be something that's engaging and two-way. Right. Um, and so I'm excited to see where that goes. Uh, we'll see if there's enough support to pass the item tomorrow. Yeah, I, and hopefully it does pass. I, I would be in, in full support. Maybe you can come speak. Yeah, yeah, I'll be there. Tomorrow. I'll be there. In there the, you go. Sign I'll up. I'll be there in the morning for sure. But uh, something else, and you you touched on it earlier, and mental health, it's obviously a big and important topic now. And at the district student government meetings that we have, that's always been a number one concern. Mm. And when we met with uh, Superintendent Dultris that all the students met, that was also number one concern, the way the district, like, executes their mental health policies. I know currently it's been through a platform called Edgenuity. Mm-hmm. Um, many students felt that maybe that's not the best engaging way to do so, you know, the videos. And I know that's been a topic of discussion. Yeah. What do you think the district should do, you know, moving forward in regards yeah. to, you know, addressing mental health in schools? Right. So there's different tiers of support, right? So there's kind of like the universal tier, the training. So the state does require five-hour mental health right. requirement to cover certain topics. Um, actually, when I came on board, it was one of the first things we worked on uh, to explore other options. Unfortunately, at the time, the board voted down uh, a um, alternative to the um, videos that were being shown at the time. But I continue to hear from students, you know, how they wish it was more engaging. They wish yeah. there was more maybe opportunity with professionals who are trained to have a conversation, a follow-up, right, if you want to dive deeper into the topic. Um, and so I, I continue to believe that we have to uh, find a new way to meet the the mental health requirement. I understand in the beginning there was a short timeline to comply right. with the state, so you know they did what they had to do. Um, we have to make it a better uh, delivery for our students. Now, there's also other levels of service, right? Uh, so when it comes to this month, actually, I have an item that specifically focuses on mental health uh, supports for parents, students around the topic of uh, post-secondary, right? A lot of people get stressed in high school about yeah. like, what's next? For some, it's college and university. For some, it's career. For some, it's the armed forces. But that process comes with its own sort of mental health challenges for a lot of our students. And our CAP advisors have also mentioned that. And so we want the district to be better prepared for that specific topic, right? Um, and then and of course, we continue to hire more mental health coordinators, mental uh, uh, counselors, trust counselors uh, to make sure that students have a trusted adult that is trained to handle um, their their needs and concerns. I also, uh, you know, um, want to reiterate to everyone watching this, if you are in need of help, if 
you notice that one of your friends needs some help or could use just a conversation, right? Maybe you see a change in their behavior. Make sure you talk to a trusted adult. Of course, your parents are available, your family, you've got counselors at school. They're well-trained. Uh, we have to take care of each other and we have to continue to remove the stigma around mental health. I know students uh, want a lot more support and, uh, you know, I'm committed. One of the things we've done is reducing the student to counselor ratio. When I started, it was over 500 oh, wow. students per uh, counselor. The recommended by the professionals is the maximum 250 to one. Um, and we're closer to 300. Okay. Uh, A lot of progress. Over 300 to one, right? That's so there awesome. is progress. And yet our students are saying we Still need a little more support, little right? More, yeah. um, so we've got a lot. We've come a long way. We've got a long way to go. <laughs> 100%. And so let me ask you a question here. I mean, you graduated high school. 2009. 2009. What high school? Coral Reef Senior Coral High School. Reef. That's a huge, it huge is high school. It is a big school, yes. Any advice for, you know, from Luisa today to Luisa 12th grade year, junior year? Yeah. Um, you know, I talk to a lot of students all the time, and um, one of the most salient sort of lessons that I share with them is, you know, get comfortable with being uncomfortable in a safe way, right? Like, uh, get comfortable with uh, pushing yourself. Um, follow your curiosities. If you're curious about your garbage pickup times, go push yourself to go figure out and speak in your local government chambers, right? I know it's uncomfortable. It is. It's it's uncomfortable for me and I'm an elected official with all these years <laughs> now, right? Um, but get comfortable with knowing that growth happens in that that space where you're a little nervous, where you, you know, are not sure how it's going to go and and always look at failure as lessons learned, right? It's better to try, fail, and learn than to just play it safe and, and not learn. Uh, and, you know, hopefully succeed too uh so just whether it's in college whether it's at your jobs dare yourself to to push yourself into a little bit of an uncomfortable zone so that you flex those muscles and you get comfortable with growth and then you're unstoppable yeah i love that and and another thing is is that you know any students watching if you have any ideas if you want to get maybe a little bit into that uncomfortable zone like board member santos mentioned I would say also tap into those resources in your community. There's so many people out there who are trying to support students, trying to make a difference. Absolutely. It's that even your office with the fellowship um, and you know other school board members have initiatives as well. And all these organizations, Average Youth and Popular, we're launching now in October our Youth Empowerment Program, yes. where we're going to be giving mini grants to any students who have a passion project idea. They can apply for funding and then we can give them you know a small amount of money to get started and we'll actually coach them on how to spend it who they can reach out to trying to create that momentum in the community of students going out and being the change they want to see um so we're here that. and and please reach out and you can go to luisasantos.com yes. if you're interested in yes. working with us and learning more you can see all the options to get involved there but like you said marit it's definitely every board member has their own engagement with students so reach out, get involved, participate in the summer youth internship and yes. the academic year internship and all your local municipalities. You, you hit the nail on the head. People want to help students. Uh, don't be shy about reaching out. And just to confirm, your fellowship 
it's not only for students in your district, correct? That's it's correct. also yeah. students across MDCPS. Absolutely, yeah. And our um, academic year internship is open now. Uh, so that also is for any MDCPS student who qualifies for the academic year internship program. Um, and we always are posting updates uh, about when fellowship applications will open and stuff like that. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Yes, yeah. we're wrapping up. Any final message? Any questions for me? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, you know, I am curious what inspired you as a student and and gave you the confidence to say, I'm going to go start taking action beyond noticing the problems, right? Uh, what was that moment for you? Yeah, that's a great question. So I moved here in 2015 from the Netherlands. I was born in a Cuban parents. Um, nice. So when I moved here, I was eight. Didn't really understand what government was like here or just, you know, how things worked. But then I started um, a law studies class at Miami Lakes Middle School. So, and that's what really changed things for me. It's And that just goes to show you how much of an impact these public school programs can have on students. And I always say that civics is so much more than just law. You know, if you're passionate about science, you know, you trying to make a difference in any field you're interested in is, you know, a way of being civically engaged. So in that law studies program, I was actually able to work with the elected officials here in the town to write and pass two ordinances. So we wrote one ordinance to make our school safer. We had an apartment construction going on next to one of our elementary schools that you know had some safety risks. The balcony was over the playgrounds, mm-hmm. traffic issues like that. We spoke up and that's no longer allowed in the town. So now balconies cannot be facing playgrounds bedroom windows can open towards playgrounds in schools, apartments and gasoline stations have to be a certain amount of feet from schools to prevent accidents that have happened across the nation. So that's the first ordinance. That's awesome. Thank you. And then the second one was about flooding. Back when we had Tropical Storm Etta, oh, goodness, my yes. middle school auditorium flooded. Okay. Like bad, our All floor went up. Yeah. It was, it was, and they just fixed it now a few months ago. So it was like that for two years. But we wrote an ordinance promoting permeable pavers and driveways. Mm, absolutely. Because a lot of all of this concrete, it doesn't let the water flow. So that for me was like, wow, I just did that. Like, we just wrote a law that's in the books. We came to town council and they treated us like, a, they made us come back three times. They're like, we don't like that. We're not going to approve it if it's this. You know, all that's the council how it met, is that's for the adults. We went back, we fixed it. We were like, the attorney checked it. Okay, good. Go back and present again. We went back and presented that again. They, you know, they grilled us with questions. The council members, oh, how is this going to affect this? We were ready with our research. And in that moment when I saw that, wow, you know, even though I was back then in like seventh, eighth grade. And the fact that they were taking me seriously in that we actually had the opportunity to make a difference. I was like, wow, there really is no limit as to what you can do if you have a passion for it. And especially when there's the adults that support as well, the possibilities are endless and <laughs> that's right so yeah you know, that was my like aha moment that's exciting but thanks for sharing that and and well, hopefully the question yeah we provide that to more and more students right students are involved in writing policy through our fellowship so if you good, want that experience good. that aha moment you can also have it in our office and i did want to close by inviting everyone to stay in touch luisasantos.com uh, luisasantosd9 on instagram uh, and you can sign up for our newsletter uh, and just get involved we're here to help Well, thank you so much, Lisa, for coming on. We appreciate all of you guys watching. Please follow us for more. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever there's podcasts, we are on there. And you can watch all of our videos on YouTube and follow us on Instagram at Virtutum underscore Populo. Thank you so much again for coming on. Oh my gosh, my pleasure. Thank you. (laughs) 